You're listening to the IFF TV podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Hello and welcome to Irish Football Fan TV. This is our opposition preview. We're on to our second game of our UEFA Nations League campaign against Ukraine. I'm joined by Andrew Tolos. Um, and uh, he's coming to give us the lowdown from a Ukrainian point of view. He's obviously coming in um, a bit down after yesterday's result and I can't really blame you. We're obviously coming in off a result against Andorra that's deflated us, but it wasn't a result that stopped us from getting to the World Cup. And in uh, in my opinion, and speaking on behalf of Irish people, um, for this channel anyway, you know, we our heart went out to you for that penalty decision. At least it should have been at least a penalty. You never know what could happen from there. And I felt as though you were quite robbed in that sense. So uh, commiserations on that front. But uh, Andrew, do you want to tell us um, kind of about your, like I found you on Twitter and I find your account quite good from a Ukrainian standpoint. So do you want to tell the audience um, what you do on that account and just so they kind of have a, a bit of an idea? Yeah, hi Paul and thanks for having me on. Looking forward to chatting a bit about the island game, uh, which will hopefully give a bit of respite to all the Ukrainians who are still probably quite gutted after the Wales game. Yeah, um, I'm Andrew Todos. I run the account Zoria Londonsk on social media, so Twitter, Instagram. Also got a website, and it's basically the I'd say the main English language account that focuses on Ukrainian football. Um, and also some of the political and all the other things that are currently going on in Ukraine related to the war and invasion. I'd like to touch on that to share with an audience that might not be able to have access to certain accounts and the likes. And yeah, I've been doing this for about four years now in terms of Ukrainian football journalism, been following Ukraine national team, home and away as much as I possibly can. Uh, obviously through COVID was a bit difficult in certain occasions, but managed to get the maximum that was possible out of those times and obviously followed them at the Euros last year and now hoping to go for a golden year, golden calendar year with Ukraine for the first time. I've made slightly easier by the fact they're not going to the World Cup now, but still still slightly raw about that result. But yeah, um, looking forward to chatting about Ireland. Yeah, well, I suppose we'll start with we're coming into this if you want to talk about Ireland I don't really want to talk about Ireland at the minute, but uh, <laughs> if we're talking about it like we're coming into this after a, a, a very bad result from our point of view this is as bad as uh, the Luxembourg result um, which happened last year so off the back of that we, we saw a reaction from the team and I think that there will be a reaction at you know the game's going to be at home it's it's in front of the Aviva my thinking is with Ukraine is that you're going to come in and not have, um, I would say as much of your, your top players at your disposal. I think that the likelihood is they'll be rested because these would have put a lot into that game yesterday against Wales. And I know you were at the game, so you can tell me a bit more about that as well. But I just kind of, I'm coming into this thinking that there's an actual chance that we might get a result from this game. Whereas last week, I wasn't thinking that at all. And after the Armenia game, probably wasn't thinking it either but when I kind of think about it and just how much he's put into this week with the Scotland game and then the Wales game it kind of um it, it makes me think that it'll be a more rested side against uh, Ireland on Wednesday and I think you're going to come to it later on is that there'll be a stronger side uh, for the game over in Poland 
Yeah, so I think Alexander Petrokov, the Ukraine manager, even confirmed that all the players that didn't play um, against Ukraine, uh, that didn't play against Wales on Sunday, definitely uh, will be playing against Ireland on Wednesday. So you're going to get the likes of the players that came on as subs, I guess, Sidor Chuk, Shaparenko in the midfield, uh, Mudrik out wide, who really impressed against Scotland. Dovbik up front, I think we'll be getting the well, at least a considerable amount of the 90. Might see a new goalkeeper, possibly Piatov, but as he's so old, possibly some of the younger players in terms of Lunin, who just arrived last week at camp quite late after the Champions League final. Um, and then also Riznik, who hasn't been much of a you know Ukraine starter or anything like that, but has featured in a couple of friendlies. So it's going to be interesting. It's quite unpredictable how exactly Ukraine will set up. Will they go for the similar formation that they have done in recent games? Or will Petrokov try and switch to maybe a three at the back with more attacking fullbacks, that kind of thing? But on the whole, the squad has got enough, enough depth to have more or less a second 11. So it, it will be interesting to see how they perform. But in general, a lot of those players got a quite a fair bit of game time in the three friendlies that Ukraine played prior to the Scotland and um, Wales game. So it will be interesting uh, to see how that how that comes, how the actual game comes about. But like you say, obviously, uh, you guys lost against Armenia, so you'll want to bounce back. Our players will have maybe something a bit more to prove to try and break into that starting eleven because they'll be getting a rare, a rare chance to play in a competitive game. Um, so yeah, I think it will be very tight and I've already, I think I was speaking to some other, um, Irish media last week and we just joked that it'll probably end up one all because you guys love a draw and, uh, in our qualifying campaign for the world cup, we got six draws out of eight. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to another dud rubber. <laughs> I think when we look at the you know, results against Ukraine, we'd look upon a draw as a good result at this stage. But I think if you're putting out a, a second string team, it's kind of similar to the Belgium game that we played. Um, mm. Basically, Belgium had to put out a number of players. Roberto Martinez had said that uh, he was putting out uh, a number of players that he felt uh, they had to show this was the last game that they could show something before. Uh, I think the squad was was going to be picked, or you know, you know, because it was kind of coming into the, the last run of the season. I don't think players wanted to get injured, and he wanted one final look at players to kind of come in there and see what they could do. So I think that might be the case as well now. Um, or sorry, that was the case obviously with the with the uh, the playoff. Sorry, the playoff final against Wales. I think he played his absolute best there. I think maybe now he has to look at who can he bring in that will help the team going forward and who can make the step up and who can you rely on for the rest of these Nations League games because, you know, you have to play us twice. Um, you probably play Scotland again. Is that is that right? I don't know what way yeah, it is. Yeah, both of those are in September. There. Yeah. Okay. And you, I think you have to play Armenia as well, do you? Yeah. Well, we've not kicked off, obviously. So um, you guys, I think, got the little bit of a head start because there wasn't any... Um, you do, you weren't involved in the playoffs, but yeah, uh, three games now left in, in this window and then the remainder in September. And possibly, I think that's the end of the international calendar, if I'm not wrong, for the people that aren't going to the World Cup. Maybe there might be some like random friendlies just before the World Cup starts, but I think on the whole, 
or maybe even during the World Cup, there might be something on, maybe like alternate tournaments, just where like some teams can play each other. Who knows? But yeah, it, it's a bit of a weird year. Um, but in total, obviously, the you'll have the Nations League and then that'll be it. Yeah, well, I, th- I think we have the, the games in September as well. And then it's um, kind of after that, you're kind of going... Yeah, what's there to do? It'll probably be some warm-up uh, friendlies for, for teams that are qualifying for the World Cup. They'll probably be friendlies against probably ourselves. And, you, um, you know, I think you guys, hopefully the stuff that's going on in Ukraine will be over by then. We can only hope that that's the case. Um, it might not be, but I think that's the only way you'll probably play more games like that, you know. Um, whereas I kind of look at us and this game... I think we have to get a result for this game. Just purely Stephen Kenny not getting a result against Armenia the last day puts huge pressure on him because there was already a lot of fans and media that were on his case when he was doing all right after the Luxembourg game. You know, results went our way and we were winning games. But we do tend to struggle, struggle sorry, against teams that are necessarily, like you would say, they would sit in against us like probably will have to do against you guys um you know we struggle to break down teams when teams sit in against us luxembourg and azerbaijan and now armenia they've had our number in that sense um but when we've been able to actually get our teams and attack teams when we play with pace but we didn't play with pace against uh armenia we we play with ender stevens and seamus coleman as our wing backs and they just weren't getting around up and down like they used to um whereas i think if matt Doherty was there and and I don't know who on the left, but I think if Matt Doherty was there, he would have caused a lot of problems for the Armenians just because he can get up and down all day long and, and he's a, a real threat in that position as his best position. I think he's one of the best players in the Premier League when he's played in that right wing-back role. Um, but it seems to be the case that we, or he's not going with those players, but I think you might see a reshuffle of the squad on um on Wednesday and I think players like Festi Abuzeli is just signed but Udinese from had a good season with Derby County he might be brought in just to do that role this time around but then I'm thinking it's Ukraine he might not but then you say that the likelihood is it's going to be a, um not your strongest team so there's a chance that he could go with it so it's going to be interesting to kind of see what what way do you see your team lining up and, and who should we be most fearful of then especially if the likes of Zinchenko um and Yarmolenko probably won't play from what you're telling me they may do but it sounds like they won't yeah so i think that if we're looking at in goal i'm completely cannot guess which of the three keepers the other three keepers in our squad he'll go for literally none the wiser um so i'll, I'll leave that guess but um center backs we might see the likes of popov who plays at dynamo kiev he's recently had an injury of the ukraine camp but I think he should be okay to play there. And you've also got Zabarny. There's also quite a lack of uh, right-back backup in the Ukraine team at the moment with Karavayev, who's played the past two games, more or less our only right-back, and he's still not really a right-back. He's more of a right-winger who's been playing right-back for a number of years. So you put in there probably Sirota, who is usually a centre-back himself, but has played there in recent time, in recent times um, during one of those friendlies that Ukraine had um, prior to the Scotland game. And then on top of that, probably left-back, get Edward Sobel, who plays for uh, Club Bruges. 
And then in the middle, it might be a mix-up of Sidor Chuk, who we've seen come on yesterday with Shaparenko in the middle, and then possibly even centre-defensive mid, you'll have the likes of uh, Ignatenko, who just arrived the day before the Wales game because he had some British visa issues that didn't get resolved until um, after the Scotland game. So he might be given his debut in that respect. And then in attack, it's I think it should be rather simple, probably Zubkov, who plays with Ferenc Varos on the right. Not the best player in the world, not the most effective, but I'm sure he'll be given a bit of a go uh, once again. Then on the left, I'd probably say the biggest danger man in the team or the most exciting player that is most likely to start. Uh, Mihailo Mudrik, if anyone watched the Scotland or the, the Wales game in his sort of brief cameo spells, he he sort of looks like a real bright star. And I think he's got a lot of pace. He's got a lot of technical ability. He loves to dribble, loves to try and beat players in and around inside the box. So he'll definitely be the one to watch in this match. And then obviously uh, up up front, it will be Artem Dovbik, who just today actually is being linked or being in negotiations with Nottingham Forest uh, for over ten, for over £10 million move to the Premier League. So that will be an interesting one as well. Um, he obviously scored against Scotland, but missed about three or four other great chances, like sitters really. Um so that will be an interesting one. He's got a bit to prove himself, obviously, because the scouts will be watching him. Obviously, he'll have a bit more pressure on if he does want to sign for a club such as uh, Nottingham Forest that will be playing in the Premier League. Also, he's got Torino in Syria, quite interested in him. So that will be interesting. And uh, just going back to Mudrik, he's similar uh, to Dovbik in the fact that uh, Bayer Leverkusen are after him. And they're quite adamant that they want to buy him for like over 20 million euros. But apparently there's news in, in Ukraine that Shakhtar Donetsk can be placed for right now. Don't want to sell him. So I think I'm sure that will be a saga that will carry on for a while once the window opens. Um, in general, yeah, I think that will be quite, quite more or less the core XI. And then maybe as the game goes on, you might see in the final 20 minutes, 10 minutes, like Yarmolenko coming back on. Getting, a, getting another cap, possibly trying to go for that goal record of Shevchenko's, who is um, just three away from equaling the legend that is Andriy Shevchenko. So it will be it will be interesting. And um, I'm sure that probably this game in Dublin will probably be a bit more experimental. And then once we play each other next week in Łódź in Poland, it'll be a, probably a completely different story with uh, more or less the full strength side given sort of a final hurrah before the summer um and you know no one no one 100 knows what the situation might be like in september so uh, i'm sure they'll give it a big one especially as this will technically be the home game and hopefully there'll be quite a bit of sizable ukrainian um diaspora support over there in poland um you know chanting them on yeah well i just uh, you know I, I actually fearful for the the away leg to be fair because I feel like <laughs> you know your your full strength team is going to be there but it does sound like even with um your kind of backup players you know I heard you speaking there about your right back and it kind of reminds me of James McLean playing as a left back because 
Um, we didn't have left backs at the time. But the, I, a player I forgot to mention earlier who may play because he's pacey is Ryan Manning. He plays for Swansea. Um, he could play, and Cyrus Christie could play as well, a, a right wing back as well. So there's those. We have a couple of players in there that will probably come in and, and give Seamus Coleman maybe a night off. Um, or he might decide to put Seamus in the in the back three, so to speak, like a centre back role, where he's not as much dependent to be up and down as much. And um, but you just wouldn't know with Stephen Kenny. His press conference is going to be there tomorrow, so we'll find out if there's any injuries or anything like that, um, as well. So I just at at the moment I haven't heard of any injuries and I haven't heard of any illnesses or anything like that. So so far, uh, as I know right now, um, there's been no injuries in the oh well, actually sorry Gavin Bazunu's pulled out with an injury uh, and James Tab has been called up in his place but the likelihood is Creeving Kelleher will start again in goal mm. and um Mark Travers will be on the bench. I don't see any reason why he would do that and James Talbot would just be on the belt on the bench as well sorry as uh just as the third goalkeeper so that's the way I, I think I, I as far as that lineup I don't think he'll change too much I think he'd take about four players out and put four players in I, I couldn't imagine him doing that much uh, too different considering the, the, the opposition we're playing against yourselves so um, it's going to be interesting it's going to be as you say experimental I think and it's going to be a good kind of look at and a good test uh, ahead of Scotland but I feel as though you know um, if there was an ever a chance to try and catch us on the hop um, yeah it'd be this game considering just just coming off the the back of the Welsh result and um, we need a reaction and we've got the 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 Aviva as well there um and when that's full of uh, fans chanting us on although I do believe to uh, the FAI gave two thousand tickets to Ukrainians as well so that'll help you a little bit as well but I think um I think whatever the occasion I don't I think it's going to be good for both teams and both fans in that respect I think there'll be a lot of respect shown to Ukraine in that sense and um we actually did a um like a like a Ukraine versus Ireland fans game here yeah a, a I heard about ago. that one. Yeah, we actually have it on our channel there, so it was quite good. And they had the national anthem that Ukraine won, like, I think it was, oh, was it, did it finish 4 all? I think it finished 4 all. They were winning 4 1 at one stage, but uh, um, it was a great day out, and everybody seemed to have fun. So I hope a large portion of those fans that were there that day um, get to come yeah. to the game because they were I'm sure really a lovely bunch. And I'm, I'm, I think there's quite a few Ukrainian refugees over in Ireland at the moment. And on top of that, quite a sizable Ukrainian diaspora. So I'm, I think the support will be brilliant and I think it should be a good atmosphere. And yeah, very much looking forward to the Aviva because I've wanted to go there for a while. Very unique looking stadium and I'm sure it's going to be it's going to be great. Yeah, well, you won't be disappointed by the stadium. It's beautiful. Um, uh, you'll have a great time. Are you in the media or are you going as a fan? Um, I'm going to try and do a bit of both, which is what I like doing from time to time if I've got the possibility uh, a half an inch when it comes down to it. Same as myself. But uh, no, listen, uh, I just want to say a huge thanks for coming on and get, kind of giving us a lowdown and then we have a better um, kind of understanding. We might get you on again just before the next yeah, game um, if you're around and we'll kind of have a look at it that sense, from that sense sorry, uh, to see if there's that much changed or anything like that. Um, but yeah, listen, uh, anyone who is on Twitter and you're also on Instagram, you said, it was a Facebook as well, you said? Yeah, just so the every, same. Every, sorry, every, yeah, yeah, every uh, platform, your username there is uh, at Zoria Londonsk. Did I say that right? Yeah, sorry, Londonsk. Yeah, it's Londonsk. Sorry, 
Um, yeah, it's just trying to pronounce it right. So yeah, uh, make sure you check it check it out, especially when you keep up to date with uh, everything within Ukraine, Ukraine football, and uh, I suppose you said as well things that are going on in Ukraine at the moment as well. So um, check out Andrew's pages, uh, all of them. Um, if you're listening on podcast, don't forget to uh, rate us. Don't forget to. Um, what did they do on podcasts these days? They rate and they follow. So make sure you do that because uh, I'm more used to the YouTube side of things. Uh, if you're on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to like the video. Um, we will speak to you all soon. Check out all our other content on our channel as well. And we'll speak to you soon. Thanks for watching. The IFF TV Podcast presented by Paul Nealon. Like, rate and subscribe.